0: Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy.
1: Hello, Hackaroos. Well, it is the morning after, the aftermath, and we're here, the trio, Robert Gibbs and David Axelrod. So guys, I got one question for you. You fled the country yet? You're still here (laughs) on the way to the airport in Havana? What 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 is what is your feeling? Why would you
2: pick a van? Uh, we're actually standing right outside your door, Murphy, and we're right, gonna stay over that. at your place. Oh, you we, gotta hide in a bunker safe, too, safe just like me. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Well, here we are. Quite a quite a hammer blow, you know. Um, But often, there are hammer blows in both those states for the new president. I'm having a lot of flashbacks to 93 when I uh, did the Christy Whitman campaign up in Jersey, which is, as we record this Wednesday morning, still too close to call, down to 1,000 votes. But anyway, fire away, boys. What do you think?
2: Well, first of all, let me say I can't believe you passed on the opportunity to use one of your 1980s references and call it a hammer and sickle blow. But,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> hey, I'm writing that one down. Yeah, don't help him, Max. For God's
2: sake. There you <laughs> go. That's my new icebreaker. Come on,
0: wasn't enough? When, didn't we? Didn't we suffer enough last night? That you
2: want to? <laughs> but um, in some ways, this totally makes sense. You've got a country that uh, where you know two thirds of the people feel like it's on the wrong track. President's ratings are at you know low forties, forty 42, 43 percent. A lot of anxiety about, still about the virus, about, um, uh, about uh, you know, uh, cost of living, about supply chain stuff, and just a general sense of unease about where things are at. And, you know, this is, this is speaking of schools, you know, this is report card day. This is your first report card day. And, uh, and you know, it, it, it is not surprising that it came back wanting you know the depth of, the the breadth of it was you know we've been talking a lot about virginia you i think and others murphy have said you thought jersey would be closer i don't think anybody expected it to be this close
0: yeah just to be clear on that david i mean i i talked to people in that campaign in new jersey last night and they didn't think it was going to be close
2: yeah no you know i i had pollsters who were polling that state telling me that and one thing you know every there is a clear national message OK, but there are also uh, sort of local nuances to this. And, uh, you know, Terry McAuliffe, I, I, I honestly believe as close as it's going to end up, which is probably going to be 50,000, 60,000 votes. Right. He doesn't cough up the football in that debate uh, and hand uh, Yunk in that line in which he says, uh, you know, I don't think parents should, uh, be telling us what we teach in the schools, whatever exactly it was, which by the way, Murphy, you'll appreciate. They put 8,000 gross rating points behind. Uh, <laughs> Hell, I would have put 9,000. Yeah. Just to get non- the, but, but exactly. fair enough. I
1: mean, when exactly when you give them the football, they're going to run.
2: In, yes, of course. And in Jersey and he did, and Youngkin was, was a very skillful candidate. We'll get back to that in Jersey. Uh, uh you know murphy they they took a quote from a a, a pan, an interview he did in 2019 where where he said if if taxes is your issue then new jersey isn't probably not your state and they have a property tax rebellion in jersey as they often do right and that was part of this as well but there's clearly a a, a national message here and um uh you know uh, when when biden carries the state by 10 points as he did in uh virginia uh, a year ago and and uh, the gubernatorial candidate loses when uh, you know Biden carries New Jersey by sixteen points and you've got a democratic governor who is gasping for air here, trying to survive that is that is a message, and that message Robert Gibbs is. <laughs>
0: Is this where we talk about the Braves winning the World Series? The only bright spot last night. Oh, I'm sorry. Night?
2: That was actually the bright spot of the night. For yeah. yeah,
0: all the precincts reporting in from Houston and the Braves have won the World Series.
2: At least you were on one team that won last night. Thank God,
0: right? No, uh, no but let me take what you're saying, David, because I, I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, I think the reason the political environment doesn't feel good is I, I think there's a anxiety and an unsettled nature about where we are in America right now. Right? We've got. You know, we've just dealt with, we're on the sort of hopefully on the backside of the Delta variant and COVID uh, when everybody thought in July we were going to get back to normal. Um, Supply chains are a disaster. Inflation is a mess. Um, I think in some ways, uh, this was very much foreshadowed a year ago in 2020 because just as Joe Biden won in beating Donald Trump, Democrats didn't win a lot of those down ballot races. We lost seats in Congress. Yes, we were able to pick up some seats in the Senate. I think those were some extraordinary circumstances with sort of how those races played out. But I guess my big concern as a Democrat right now is the anxieties that people are feeling in this country are not necessarily being spoken to by either the White House or by Democrats in Congress. Uh, I don't feel like we're as present in people's middle-class economic lives as we need to be as Democrats. And I don't, and I, and I give, you know, somebody like Glenn Youngkin some credit for running a a campaign with a forward-looking rather than a backward-looking message that focused on things like repealing the sales tax around groceries and, and living in the present of, of the anxieties that people have. And I think, um, the big thing for Democrats is this This is, I think we can go through the history of it, but I think this is a real um, blaring, flashing red siren of there's real work that has to be done over the course of the next year to make election night 2022 feel different and better than what we felt last night.
2: Does sirens actually flash? I don't know. But anyway, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he'll be here at the Conestoga room all week long, remember to tip
2: your server. Yeah, and try the veal.
0: I guess a blaring red, flashing police.
1: Yeah, I would go to the small but potent nuclear uh, mushroom cloud analogy, actually, because I agree with you guys. This, You know, it's normal for these bumps to happen. So on one level, it's dog bites cat. The problem is the dog ate the entire cat with one gulp. I mean it was at the far end of this stuff cuz Long Island you know kicking out Democrats for Republicans. Uh Seattle. Seattle the top cop there is now Republican uh, that has nobody's been elected in that city at that level in like 30 or 40 years. So I think maybe we can dive in for a minute. To the elements, because, you know, in these things, there's always, well, it was the bumper stickers, it was the the talking chipmunk ad. No, it, it is much bigger than that. One, you had Biden's numbers collapsing. And that's a problem. And I think there's been a little bit of uh, on the Democratic bedwetting scale, which which starts at huge panic and goes all the way to you know meltdown of civilization, yeah. they've been a little too blasé, I think, about the Biden problem they have. Two, the Keystone cop thing in the House did not help. Not because people are, you know, debating over their in their real lives about caucus politics, but Biden was marginalized, looked weak, looked like a sideshow. Biden was elected as a center-center Democrat, and somehow he's become the champion of the progressives. And if we learn one thing for the hundredth time, is the woke progressive stuff is a dud with the voters. And there are no, no shortages of examples of that everywhere last night. And then finally, both sides have learned something, particularly from Virginia. Uh, Jersey, you know, has its own dynamic, more pandemic stuff. And I guess I should make that point both for any incumbent Biden, Governor Murphy, Governor Murphy, God, that has a nice sound to it. But, but anyway, um, God, how the, frightening. for, <laughs> for, for both of them, nobody gets COVID credit. They get COVID punishment if they're an incumbent and Biden's getting no credit. Definitely. And Murphy clearly didn't, I will predict that Christopher Columbus will have a comeback now in New Jersey. And let me wrap up on that point. In Virginia, the Democrats need to learn that leaning into the woke cultural wars is not a winning ticket. Now, you can get all kinds of high dungeon about it, but the practical politics of it are bad because it crowds out the economic message. And the Republicans, when they push Trump to the sidelines, not the center of the campaign, and run a nice, non-threatening suburban guy – they can do pretty well because what really happened everywhere last night is the suburbs came back to the GOP. The problem is it's hard to do another yunk and the guy didn't have a primary. Right. It was a convention you can yes. wire. It's a special occasion. Yes. But boy, they should try to learn the lesson of replicating
2: it. The idea that you're going to contain Trump <laughs> uh, is, is I think, far fetched. Right. He's, he's already probably fulminating this morning about all this chatter last night about how Youngkin won by shoving him out of the way. And he's not going to let that happen again. He sent out like a dozen releases last night claiming credit uh, for the victory. And you're right. The problem that Republicans have with Trump is you can't win a primary without him. And in any contested environment, it's hard to win a general election with him. Well, yeah, but this will move opinions in the party elite. It'll be, you know what,
1: trump light, whatever you can get away with is better than not. I agree in the federal primaries for Senate, everything is going to be a big deal. It's the one last for Democratic hope. But the Democrats should learn not to think they can conjure up Trump instantly of great effect. That was a lesson of Virginia.
0: Yeah, that Well, that's what I was going to say. The idea that we can say this Republican is just like Trump and the candidate that we're running on the Democratic side is not going to be that guy and not going to be Trump is... I don't. I just think that's a. I think we dispensed a bit with that last night. Again, I I think our campaigns have to be a bit more forward thinking, right? Yeah. I mean, they have to be much more futuristic. Uh, they they have to be something. Again, I think I think we're I think we're missing opportunities to speak to where people are living right
2: now. Well, look, I I totally agree with that. You know, I said uh, this morning uh, uh, over on CNN that. Um, you know what? What I advise—I used to do a lot of mayors' races—and what I always advised mayors was: you can be as visionary as you want, just make sure the garbage gets picked up, right? <laughs> just make sure the potholes are filled, right? And right now, people have a lot of day-to-day concerns, yeah. and they want to know that uh, the president of the United States and the rest of the government is focused on those day-to-day concerns. Uh, that's point number one. Point number two uh is uh you know and this is a backdoor argument against the filibuster but you know the one of the reasons that democrats are where they are is uh, they saw this reconciliation bill which is a work around the filibuster they saw it as the last as i've said before the last plane out of kabul and everybody's shoving their priorities onto it and it becomes this big behemoth that. That just is defined by its size and not right, its contents. Right. And they've never been able to sufficiently message. They just passed. A, they just agreed to a component of it that would uh, allow for uh, the negotiation of Medicare uh, with pharmaceutical companies under Medicare for the top 10 drugs that seniors use, including insulin, uh, and would limit the cost for uh, for seniors for some of these drugs. That That's going to be enormously popular. But if it's part of an omnibus, it just, you know, it, yeah, gets, it can't get the spotlight
1: and it dies. Right, I mean, right. there is this democratic obsession with processes message. I think part of it is kind of a narcissism. We're the good guys. And, you know, here's why we, we, we only pass our bills during the afternoon. So there's time for people to have lunch. I mean, it it is it, it this the biggest problem. If this thing were one point five trillion but was about one or two at most hugely popular things, the politics of it would be so much different and different. Instead, it's all about haggling over size and-
2: I think, Mike, Democrats would love to have straight up debates about any number of components in that bill, you know, uh, early childhood education, you know, preschool for students around the country, you know, uh, the, Uh, paid family leave, which is not in the bill anymore. Any one of those, a straight up debate on it, I think Democrats would feel fine with it because in some ways, uh, Robert, this links up with your point about, you know, the daily concerns of people. But right now, that's not what it looks like. So let me
0: let me. Pull one that thread that you said, and I think a thread that that Murphy threw out at the his beginning and monologue. Then we could weave
2: it together into a beautiful garment uh, yeah. I, monologue.
1: Get that ready. was an insightful, pithy series of comments the Democratic Party ought to listen to. But go ahead, <laughs> monologue.
0: Uh, man, it's like I, I feel like it's the correction police today, right? I got blaring siren monologue. All right, uh, uh, no, but I think I, I think what, what to pull those threads together. I, I think it's time for Joe Biden. To walk into the Democratic Caucus and stop asking what everybody wants and start telling what we're going to do. Hallelujah! We have we have a year to 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 make a course correction, okay? To you know, somebody that White House is filled with really smart people. They've done politics for a really long time. There's thousands and thousands of pages of research, right? It's time to walk up to Capitol Hill or have Capitol Hill walk down. And get a fucking plan. Sorry for saying it, but like, I feel like this has been, I feel like President Joe Biden has become Senator Joe Biden and and we're having another discussion. We're having another caucus meeting and you know what? Everybody gets a chance to say what we're going to do and everybody, and and we know the calculus in a vice president breaking a tie in the Senate and now three or four in the House is you move on one and it affects everybody else. Because we're, we keep asking yeah. everybody, hey, what do you want? What do you want? What do yeah. you want? What do you want? Oh, I, agree. I agree. They- I agree.
1: The whole thing's a therapy session. He needs to go watch The Untouchables and get a baseball bat and remind <laughs> his own caucus he's the president of the united states and the leader of their party and to get going i mean can we now say and i i don't want to do too much post-election bashing but a little bit it's okay oh, oh, yes, absolutely you do oh, well, come on. You okay all right, all right. right. A little. yeah that Maybe is exactly a what
2: you want to do all right all yeah. right go ahead and indulge yourself if you're listening for the first time
0: David and I are trying to bring Murphy out of his shell. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Far be it from him to gloat in any way. (laughs) Oh, well, I you know,
1: (laughs) when you do drive right for the iceberg, uh, it's hard not to (laughs) gloat a little bit.
0: All right, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break, and now a word from our sponsors. This podcast
1: is sponsored by BetterHelp. So Robert, Yes, X.
2: is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals?
0: Well, I will say, uh, you know, I, interfering with my happiness. I, I watched those election returns last <laughs> night and I woke up not very happy. Meanwhile, I'm ecstatic and trying to
2: contain my heartbeat. We all need some help. But seriously, guys, people have challenges in their everyday life. We all do. Uh, beyond elections, beyond uh, you know, beyond sports, beyond all of that, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under forty-eight hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas.
0: The service is available for clients, not just locally, but worldwide. You can log on to your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is
1: committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. That's really important. So they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available.
0: BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash hacks. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional.
2: In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, you guys, that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. There's a special offer for Hacks on Tap listeners. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com hacks. <laughs>
1: Can we now say, and since Gibbs has decided to uh, scare away our family-friendly audience with his incessant F-bombs, I'll echo that and say, can we say it was a fucking stupid mistake to chain infrastructure to the domestic policy budget debate? If they had passed that thing, Terry McAuliffe would have been campaigning around Virginia in a red, white, and blue hard hat, promising jobs. Might not have changed everything, but it was a huge win that got left out chained to a fence post to rot in the sun, and it was a big mistake. I know it was hard not to do because the progressives boo-hoo have to be coddled, but it it cost them. It was it was dumb politics.
0: Well, I, I think it became the strategy of what they had to do when there wasn't sort of a real strategy on what to do, right? I mean, it, it, it sort of became what we did because, again, I, I just don't think I think as the president, and I, I remember having these discussions when David, when you and I were in the White House, you know, you'd have somebody say, "Well, look, you know, Congress and the committee have to decide that." No, no, it's not yeah. like we we got to go insert ourselves into this because right there's there's only one person I think that can pull all this together, and and let me ahead. pull
2: the back on this because getting back to Biden, you know, here here's the concern: he he has to write himself. For the Democratic Party to write itself. If he is if he's there in the low 40s next fall, the Democratic Party is going to have another bloodbath. And part of what he needs to address and what they need to address is uh, this sense of uh, not being in control of events. Yes. Right. And so he's got to start driving some stuff. Yeah. here uh and um, you know i i i really think this is uh this is urgent on your part on your point uh, murphy about um about social issues you know i mentioned the gaffes earlier all of us have been around this a long time and you know there are gaffes and there are gaffes the gaffes that hurt are the ones that drive something that people fundamentally believe and uh when McAuliffe said oh, we don't want parents involved in the schools it touched something uh, that, uh, you know, about, um, uh, you know, about the democratic party that maybe it's going too far, you know, the sort of nanny, yeah, state, Belgian endive nanny state thing. They'll argue context in both of these things. And I'm sure there is, there are, there are contextual explanations, but when he said, if, uh, taxes are your issue, then Jersey's probably not your state that, t- that tied into, uh, something, but, uh, so there, there are these, the the this, the social elements of this uh you know what you call murphy wokeness those are those are concerns and we should focus on this police issue for a second um you know the the election of eric adams in new york was a message early on you know when he won that primary that people yes they want to see police treat people uh as human beings and treat them responsibly and treat them in accordance with civil rights. But they also want safety. They don't want to eliminate police.
1: Yeah. No, they want cops just driving Priuses because then they can feel good and also
2: not be terrified. They also want cops who don't beat the hell out of people for no reason. And, uh, and, and, but, but, and Adam Adams captured that last night, the voters in Minneapolis uh, defeated a bill to replace the police department with something with something else. And uh, you know, up in Buffalo, you saw uh, the incumbent mayor who lost the primary to. I a, love
1: this. I love a, it, yeah. a left
2: candidate won uh, apparently won as a write-in candidate, and a lot of it had to do with that police issue. Just give a
1: little color to that, because it's just we all love Pauls.
2: So you've got the
1: mayor Byron Brown, I think it is. Yes, who, that's it. Who, who'd been there forever you know, was a classic, moderate and proud of it. So he gets a lefty Bernieite in the primary who beats him. So being a great last hurrah style old Paul, he's like, screw that. Print up some pencils with my name on it. And he ran as a write-in and
2: it looks like he won. So I'd make that guy head of the DNC. Yeah, well, he was polling 17 points ahead by the end, but the police issue was there. And it's not surprising in a country where homicides were up in two thousand twenty under the last administration, I'd point out, by 30%. So, you know, yeah, I just think some reality-based uh, politics is in order here, and Democrats have to get closer to the ground.
1: I was on MSNBC last night, as was Robert, and, you know, in my ear, wonderful network, excellent coverage, Robert was particularly insightful and brilliant, I thought. But, you know, some some people on left were saying, yeah, we lost Virginia, you know, so damn racist voters again, and everybody kind of nodded. And, you know, it's like, okay, call the people voting against you racist and see how that works out in two years. That's that's a real recipe for success. The progs just dig in and say the problem was Jerry McAuliffe wasn't progressive enough. Uh, and it, it is such a problem, but I don't know how the Dems police it. Robert, solve it for us.
0: Eric Adams said it this morning, I think, on CNN. I hate to keep we're keep throwing cable all in this. Practical is progressive. Right, I think you're going to see where Eric Adams is going to think differently. We're going to, yeah, we're going to reform the police. We're going to, as you said, we're going to make them adhere to, you know, societal behavioral norms. We spent a year or more discussing this whole idea of defunding the police. When, as one, it's a terrible political slogan. Two, it has no practical support. Right? It it, and again, I I said no, no.
1: We keep testing it with the voters, and they're pretty unambiguously no.
0: We had a primary about this in 2020 in the Democratic Party, right? It was, are we going to, you we going to make improvements to care or are we going to throw it all out and have Medicare for all? Are we gonna We had this debate that, that that got settled. That got settled in a Democratic primary. So I think you know, I think, I think part of it is we, yes, we've got to go back to, I think Democrats have to get back to the basics. I think Democrats have to understand that that some of these slogans and some of this, the, the this, um, some of what parts of the uh the real far left have been pushing like to fund the police is absolutely nuts. There's no place for it. There's no constituency for it. I don't know who's for it.
1: Well you got people who think a general election is a primary.
2: Let's be fair to the Republican Party, okay? Let's give them Wait them a credit. minute. Wait a
1: minute. We're recording this so one no, more no. time. But
2: yeah, no, I wanna be. They let's give them credit because I can't think of uh any Democrats or you know, certainly any mainstream Democrats who uh, actually embrace the slogan "defund police." I, I just don't think they're. You know, you the, you may be able to find an example, but the Republicans were very artful when crowds were chanting that to assign it to the Democratic Party. You know, I don't think. Uh, you know, they they don't teach critical they don't teach critical race theory in. Uh, Virginia, that's not part of the curriculum. But Republicans were very artful in appending that uh, to uh, to Democrats and and making it uh, stick. So you know, Democrats have to be smart about pushing back on these things uh, and understanding the power of these uh, kinds of cultural war uh, uh, signals. You know that are are being uh, sent. So you know, there you go, Murphy. I said something. A very nice well, I've got Republican a counterpoint,
1: party. but I want to let Robert get in here because
2: no, I can no, tell you he's mean, got I, a I, point.
0: I mean a couple of points. I mean I do think I do think maybe not what David what you maybe you set it up to to, to narrow the answer around whether or not they were mainstream politicians. No,
2: I just did it to tease Murphy about the Republicans.
0: <laughs> right, right. But I mean look, I do think we've had people on the very left in Congress. We, we've had them talk about getting rid of, of ice. No, you're right. You're right. No, no, you're right,
2: You're totally right. You know, No, and, I, and it's it's crazy. It's not it, it's not reality based. It's not reality based. And the thing that's going to uh, the thing that is worrisome is that uh, you're going to there's some really talented center left Democrats in Congress who are going to be on. They're the first ones who are going to get picked off next year.
1: Well, I'd say the moderates too. That's always the tragedy because yeah, like they're from the toughest like look at Spangbagger's district.
2: I mean, that's yeah. uh, this t- we're talking about the, same, the people. same people. But I think of someone, you know, like I think uh, I think of uh, Spanberger right. in, that, that's uh the one in on Virginia who who I think has national potential, uh certainly statewide potential, uh has a very tough district, her new district is tough, and you look at these results yesterday. By the way, you know, uh what was interesting was that even without Trump uh, overtly involved, and who knows what was being done underneath, uh, the rural turnout was uh, really where uh uh, Youngkin can uh, rolled up his numbers
1: well that's the new hybrid thing you 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 don't fall into the, the trap of letting trump destroy you in the suburbs with a friendly vibe candidate and you still get the tribal vote from from the rural areas without trump because he's already lit the thing on fire you don't need a second match one thing on this critical race theory you CRT think by the
2: way Scott, before you go on be, yeah. before you go on you think the rnc even as we speak, is ordering a massive number of fleeces to be distributed among (laughs) all their candidates in 2022. Well,
1: there is a crafty legislative strategy that when the Democrats try to bring back the salt deduction, 85% of which goes to millionaires, uh, we're working in a thing that there's now no sales tax on
2: on fleece vest because we're (laughs) trying to totally rebrand there. I'm just happy that you're offended by tax breaks going to millionaires. But anyway. Well,
1: you know, I'm an offended millionaire and I'm I'm in California paying those high salt. I was against it when they did because i don't like using the tax code to punish states but i it i just after many years of shameless democratic ad makers that some of which may even be on this podcast (laughs) running ads about oh middle class pay their fair share tax cuts for the rich fair share fair share world socialism fair share now the democrats are championing we can run the same ad for the first time ever against democrats and now a word from our sponsors You know, Gibbsy, facts are hard enough to find in politics, don't we know it? But it's even worse when you're looking for a car or home insurance. I've gone online checking out insurance, and I'm not an actuary. You know, I I don't have, like, superhuman vision to read all the fine print and the leads. It's absolutely maddening to get to the real story of what you're trying to buy in the insurance marketplace. But that's where the zebra comes
0: in, all stripes, all wisdom. With the zebra, you can compare car and home quotes from every major insurance company in under, get this, Murphy, five minutes, giving you all the facts you need to make the right decision. It's the fastest way to find the right coverage at the right price and will help you find a provider, most of all, that you can trust. In fact, the Zebra saves people an average of $922 a year on home and auto combined. Plus they're totally independent. Their only agenda, Murphy, is finding the policy that's right for you. I mean, that is an unbeatable
1: offer. Get the facts, get the truth in a convenient way and save on average 900 bucks. It's enough to make me paint some stripes on. So how do our good listeners look into this? How do they meet the zebra?
0: Well, compare quotes for free at thezebra.com slash hacks. That's thezebra, Z-E-B-R-A dot com slash hacks. Save time and money in minutes. Check it out.
1: To CRT, there is no shortage of simpleton chow in that CRT debate. And the R's were very adroit at kind of blowing it up. But what the where the Dems have a blind spot and keep getting into trouble is there's just enough woke silliness starting to get into curriculums that it gives a little bit of a skyhook to the R's, enough that they can start the debate. And then, of course, the Democrats decide to fight back by dousing kerosene on themselves and running into the flame. And so it's these cultural issues where the R's keep scoring because the center of gravity in the Democratic party is too many standard deviations away from the general election politics. And these primary messages aren't working in the Virginia suburbs and other places. So it's just very hard to move it internally if you're a Democrat, because you get shouted down.
2: You saw this legislator down in Texas the other day, uh, who is in some position of authority, putting out a list of 825 books that uh you know he he thinks are suspect and should not be part of any curriculum you know including you know classics and and of, of course things like cast by isabel wilkerson and right and, and you know just and and i do think that there is the door could swing around and and hit, hit you guys in the ass uh, if the question now becomes do you want politicians deciding of course what of course. you know it, 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 that that's a better fight than do you want parents involved in the schools do you want politicians involved in the schools that's not a winning argument but, no no i
1: agree but when the dems are in a world where uh, a, a gubernatorial candidate is not strictly well funded and way behind in the polls in new jersey can get wild applause by starting to say you know i'm going to bring back christopher columbus It just means it's out there in the pop culture. It's been pushed too far, and then it becomes a useful thing. And the
0: Dems just, you know, this woke uh, thing—it's—it's a problem. Yeah, I hear you. I think Democrats need to remind themselves this: we had this debate. It was called the 2020 presidential Democratic primary. We, I know, but when you're when you're a movement
1: lib, you never lose. You try again, right? No, No, no,
0: right. But but like, but but again, I think this augurs for. The necessity of Joe Biden reasserting yes. himself as oh, both I president totally agree. Yeah. and leader and leader yeah. of the Democratic Party. We gotta go back right. Joe Biden's gotta be Joe Biden. We don't need Joe Biden to be something he's not. We need to be yeah, him I to be something that he is. Again, we had this debate. Biden had the guts in the
1: primary to say no single payer, it's too expensive. It worked for him. Right. But in the domestic stuff, it looked to me starting with Bernie in the Senate budget committee, he got cowed and now he's been marginalized. That makes him look weak and as we've been talking about, it's death. So yes, Biden ought to get out the uh pliers take charge. And as John Major once said, he ought to understand a little less and condemn a little more and go be the boss. I think people would like a center Democratic boss, slap everybody into shape.
2: Gibbs, you know what happened? He, you know, Biden won the primary, uh, won the nomination because he was a center left Democrat. And, uh, and, uh, and then in his, uh, desire to consolidate the party uh you know he wanted to accommodate those who felt that he uh that he was not you know from their wing and uh and and that has continued
0: yeah and i think that line went way too far in a a direction which he probably didn't have to take it out One, one quick point as we record this friend of the show dave wasserman Uh, says in New Jersey he's seen enough and he believes Phil Murphy Murphy is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. When you looked at what was out, I mean, Murphy, this Murphy, the real Murphy, uh, (laughs) has done many campaigns in Jersey. When you looked at what was out, you know, Camden and a few, a, a yeah, few it, other Camden's places. Camden is
1: what's saving him. Yeah. A big chunk there. And there's always some Essex left. And of course, the jersey count is somebody remembers to plug in the machine at 4 a.m. And then there are 400 votes that, you know, are kind of not fraud, but just their sloppiness there. So yeah, I, I tweeted last night, it's going to be really close. He could win, but if you put a gun to my head, it's going to be Murphy. But I'll tell you, it's within recall distance. Uh, sorry, recount. And Jersey does not have an automatic one, but I could see Cittarelli maybe going through that because that's kind of the national sport now, which would be headache-inducing. But yeah, I think I think Murphy's going to wind up ahead, but it's not going to be big. But no, let's go to the bedwetting. Let's, let's go to the fun part. What's life like in the elites of the Democratic Party for the next five days? Do they pass some stuff now thinking, Christ, they just cut our leg off, enough screwing around? Or is there big internal... The progressives say McAuliffe wasn't progressive enough. I've heard a little of that. So we need a bigger bill now. Does some of the moderates say you're killing us? Let's just get this damn thing done. Uh, I can kind of see that scenario. Or, nothing, some of the,
2: or some of the moderates saying uh, I'm off. You know, if, if, Manchin, yeah, Manchin, continue, if yeah. Manchin continues to insist that he's not going to support the bill, there may be some moderates who say I'm not going to walk the plank on a bill that isn't going to become law.
1: Right, right. Yep. I can see it. I mean, if you're, if you're poor Abigail in Virginia, you're looking at your district, yeah. which you know I I didn't break it up by CD, but I will bet it looked pretty good for, Yunkin. So they've got to start triangulating to survive or try to
0: survive. Some of this is happening literally as we tape this. I mean, the um, what I think is going to happen in the House, judging by what I where I think this was going, and then what I just read, which is. Nancy Pelosi's putting some stuff back in the reconciliation bill, right? Including four weeks of paid leave. Uh, It, it, you know, is going back into the House version of this. I I think the House has made a a clear determination. They're not going to pass a unity bill right now. They're going to get something passed through the House, probably also do infrastructure and kick this over to the Senate. Right. And
2: let Manchin be the bad guy
0: right right make it their problem to land yeah that's smart and let mansion and schumer work this out because in reality even if you had an agreement ironclad this bill's still coming back to the house because it's going to get changed in some way in the senate so look I, i i think you know if you're in the white house right now your fear is exactly what david said which is the moderates start going holy moly uh, we got to start really. Pulling I don't think back they'd say moly, but yeah. Right, well, you know, I, I got <laughs> admonished for not, you know, for potentially changing our uh our you know our rating score here. So I decided to go moly instead of you know. But no, I think there's a there's a worry, and and look, I mean, to your point, Murphy, I don't know that I don't think you can redeal the deck at this point, right? I mean, this is this legislation is out there. I think to your to the points that you made earlier. I'd make this about two or three big things instead of trying to. And I think Nancy was headed this way. Speaker Pelosi was headed this way a few weeks ago by saying, like, let's do three big things fully and well. And that got changed. And now we're trying to do 10 things,
2: some Half-assed, for two years, yeah. one for yeah. one
0: year, some for six years. Right. You know, I think there's a real struggle because, I mean, I think the one other thing that we have to talk about here for Democrats is, the world isn't going to fix itself just when this bill passes, right? There's a, as you talked about, there's a lot in this bill that's popular that no one knows about, right? And and and, and without several hundred million dollars in advertising, they're not going to know about it, right? This isn't like, hey, do a free press event in front of a daycare center talking about the childcare tax credit. Like we're gonna need a whole lot more of a push than that. There's a lot of storytelling that has to be done Uh, to push this. If you're the White House, again, I don't think you can redeal the deck and you've got to, I think at this point, Biden has to uh, insert himself and assert what he wants to see the end game of this be, understanding both the politics inside of Congress and then throughout the rest of the country. Get to doing that and then get to telling the story because I think they've got to get to a bit of a different mess, some, some different messaging again on on some of the economics. They need to manufacture a big Biden win.
1: He, 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 yeah. you know, he has to have it. Thursday, he ought to do something big, loud and proud. And then right after that, Nancy ought to schedule two votes, including infrastructure, and dare the progressives to sink it now. Let, let, let them boil in the panic for a while.
2: Someone asked me yesterday, would you abandon the reconciliation bill? Uh, they're well past that. They can't, that would be, that would right. be like running up the white flag, you know? So you got to fight it out and you got to get it done. Yes. Uh, and he needs these victories badly. This is the beginning of the comeback if he doesn't have it. And, and, you know, you're right, Robert. I mean, we talked about it before. They can't, you know, no one knows what's in it, but I think at this point you got to pass it and then yes. make it a foundation to run on and just, Absolutely. uh, and just, uh, go out there and tout it for a year. And, and as these ribbon cut, cut, cuttings happen and as as checks start coming and as, uh, you know, v- various things. And then we've got to have the, I
0: mean, and I know this could be uncomfortable because, you know, Biden ran on bringing everybody together, but I, I think there's going to be some discomfort in the fact that it's got to be a big and defined contrast that's drawn
1: here, right? Yeah, well, Biden has to re-energize Biden. He's got to be in charge. He's got to give an order. There's going to be a vote Monday night. And then, even if Nancy doesn't think she has the vote, she's got to play chicken with the caucus. She's got to put the vote up, pass the 1.7 or whatever the hell Biden said he wanted, pass infrastructure, uh, and kick it to the Senate. And if the progressives decide in that high noon moment they're going to bring down the Biden presidency, I don't think they will. But you got to take that risk because they're bluffing now, and the bluff is is it's crippling Biden. So they, you got to call it.
2: One of the things that happened when he went to the House last time, well, actually, one of the things that didn't happen was he never asked them for the vote. Right, which is insane.
1: But to go into the building without an ask and a prearranged win is nuts. But, yeah, and hopefully they learn from that. But, you know, the progressives right now, the, the Democratic leadership has given the progressives an essay test. And by, by this hedging and hauling, they got to say Thursday night, we're going to vote you with me or against me, says the president of the United States. And yeah, they want to torpedo the Biden presidency, but here news, it's already taken huge water and the midterms are looking very grim. So they got to take some risks. They got to break some fingers and they got to get a
0: win on this stuff. They can't abandon. The only thing I'd add to that, Mike, I, I think the moderates need that conversation too, right? I need, they, yeah, they need this conversation of like, okay, yeah. you know what? We need to stop making the perfect the enemy the good over on this side as well. It's time. It's time, quite frankly, it's it's time to be the Democratic Caucus and stop being the Progressive Caucus and the Blue Dog Caucus. Totally right. The Biden Caucus, right? Because the, the election, the midterm election, is is form. It's been going on for a while, but it's formally kicked off. We're past the off year elections, and it, it's time to draw. It's time to pass something. It's time to draw a defined contrast as to what. Democrats are for and ask Republicans why they're against it. It's time to have that fight. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about this for a couple of years. We talked about it during the presidential race. Democrats want to have this fight. They need to go have it, but they can't have it until they pass something. And, and, you know, I, I think there's a, I hope there's a lot of meetings, like I said, people brought down to the white house and just said, it's time to move. Let's go we're doing this to murphy's point look, we're doing this i gotta believe that's happening all right let's take a minute to hear from one of our esteemed
1: sponsors You know, guys, when you're a candidate or just a person and you want a little comfort food, I think a lot of us start thinking about cereal. Axe, I know your childhood is full of memories of Captain Crunch and Count Chocula.
2: Yes, yes. In fact, growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. And I grew up a little too much because I ate a lot of it (laughs) and finally realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. So we're, you know, we're all trying to eat better. But a healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring, and that's where Magic Spoon comes in. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. And it's amazing as a midnight snack right before bed.
1: You know, I've been following Gibbs's model. He's the health freak here. Yeah. So I've been trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy food in general, and realize that I basically
0: am depressed. I can't eat anything anymore. Gibbs, what should I do? Zero grams of sugar, 13 and 14 grams of protein for you, Murphy. Only four net grams of carbs in each serving, 140 calories. Keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, and low carb. They've got all the answers for you, Murphy. And here's the great thing build your own box of cereal available with custom flavors like. They've got cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and even maple waffle. Look, wasn't cookies and cream your old Secret Service names in the
1: White House? (laughs)
2: That's what I heard. No, we we were the waffle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Make me a custom box of cocoa and peanut butter, and I am going to be happy.
2: So go to magicspoon.com slash hacks to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code hacks at checkout to save $5 off your order.
1: And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like the spoon for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. I hope that doesn't catch on in
0: politics. It would put us all out of business. <laughs> Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com hacks and use the code hacks, H-A-C-K-S, to save $5 off.
2: Thank Thank you, Magic Magic Spoon, for for sponsoring
0: sponsoring this this episode. episode.
1: See, even when we're trying to read the same copy, Republicans and Democrats can't harmonize. (laughs) National tragedy. No wonder your candidate was talking about education. (laughs) But a boom.
2: Murphy, I can't. We can't just let you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we can't let you off the hook on this, on, because the Republican, uh, you know, there is a, a state of euphoria uh, among Republicans this morning. Uh, but uh, what do you do about the Trump issue? You know, you were so prescient. I mean, I don't, you said m- a month ago that if this Virginia thing starts looking good, there's no way they could keep Trump away. And he did a couple of Collins, they managed to keep him out of the state. They had, you know, uh, they had a phalanx of uh, troopers or something along the lines, or, or maybe process servers uh, uh, standing there so that he wouldn't come into the state. Wouldn't stake, uh, but yeah. uh, but that's 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 not the way it's going to play out in the next year. He's not going to Donald Trump is not going to say, you know, I've really been thinking about it, and I just feel like I'm. I may be a hindrance to candidates, so I'm just going to stick around here at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I'm and, taking up Ty Chai,
1: and, and I'm going to pursue of the mind. No, 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 no that's not going to happen.
2: So what do you do when he starts getting involved in primaries, when he starts uh, ginning up the presidential race? When, you know, because ultimately, he can't, he can't, he's like a moth to light. He can't stay away. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, they asked Napoleon who his best general or the most valuable general in his army was. And he had a couple of marshals that, you know, of course, all hated each other. And he got out of that political problem by telling the truth. He said, it's my, that sergeant over there, my map guy. Because if you know the geography before the battle, you got a huge, huge advantage. And, you know, he won a lot of battles based on that and maneuvering. So let's look forward. These things always have a reaction. On one hand, Biden might find his president again and go bring order to the thing, pass some stuff and get a restart. Second, Trump's having a meeting now saying, you know what the problem with this friggin' election was? It wasn't about me. You know, they made me do telephone town halls, and I've claimed credit, but I'm unsatisfied. I'm not all over cable news. So, boys, do his yes men. How do I become the center of what's going on? Then the other geometry, or excuse me, geography point late night, is um, these federal Senate races are more about the Washington food fight than governor's races are. I've done a lot of governor races, and you always have some room to have your own brand there. Uh, This one became nationalized because of the Biden anchor, but it's easier for Trump to muscle into that stuff. So the thing I'm watching is some of the best Senate opportunities, like Sununu, the popular Governor of New Hampshire, who's kind of a, a young kin-esque guy, a very formidable candidate in that race, will Trump go on the road and start claiming this turf? You know, Trump has a weird special love hate thing for New Hampshire because he's he's pissed he didn't carry it. Um, so the prop the where where you're gonna be happy, David. And I'm going to be despairing as a Trump-hating conservative, is some of these key primaries, yeah. which are connected to the federal issues. Pennsylvania comes to mind. Yes. The Democrats have their own crazy primary going on with a Bernie guy who's out-raising Connor Lamb, the moderate Biden-esque guy, um, and Nevada and other places where Trump can just show up on his own, attack Mitch McConnell, and make a lot of trouble. So, you know, it candidate recruitment and getting the Senate back in those uh, key states is all about getting the suburbs back, which is all about slipping the noose on Trump. And it is a very hard needle to thread. So if I were a Democrat now, I, I, I wouldn't be bedwetting as much as thinking, OK, the big clock is going to turn. And in the Senate, I think the House is probably gone. Uh, and the progressive caucus are so hopeless they've defined the brand too much, and you can't, like, wish some of those kooks away. But in the Senate, you can get the suburbs back with the right candidates if you win the right primaries, and you let Trump do what he's going to do anyway. You can't control it. Come back in. So is there an easy way for the R's? No. No, but it is down to—and there might be a wave of this now. This will have an impact in the Republican world, too, to try to recruit— so, there's still time in Pennsylvania and other places to try to find more viable candidates who are more of the non threatening suburban variety. But yeah, Trump will be back and
2: he's a problem. Someone said bring a baseball bat earlier today. I, I, I meant to tell you guys that Scott Jennings, my pal on CNN uh, from uh, your side of the aisle,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: Mike, came last night. I, I, we had gone to a baseball game together in Chicago. He brought me from Louisville my own. Uh, Louisville slugger. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I said to him last night and I and I know you feel strongly about this. At some point, there has to be a reckoning with Trump uh, if the Republican Party is going to have respectability. And, you know, uh, Yunkin kind of danced around it because he could. He was smart. You know, he got 17 percent of the voters who disapproved of Donald Trump, which was quite a right. task while still getting the Trump vote out. But, you know, as we get closer to 2024 uh, and we'll be and we may be there in the 22 cycle, uh, people are going to have to say, say where they are.
1: Well, there's also going to be a Kreskin strategy, which is a lot of voters thought that young can, because of politics has to pretend he likes Trump, but he really doesn't because he had kind of that. Smart guy, college, did well in business. Mm -hmm. You know, he he sent a subtext, and there are a lot of Republicans are going to be chasing that subtext. The problem is, it won't work in a primary, right? Uh, And you know, the will Charlie Dent now say, you know what? If I can get through a Pennsylvania primary, I can be senator. If they, if Fetterman, the Democratic liberal wins. Does he make that calculation now. You, you guys remember Harris Wofford? Nobody cared about health care. Yes. Then there was a special. Now everything is health care. So the Republican wheels are going to turn. And where that reckoning will come are, are those 10, increasingly now eight, or whatever it will be, primaries for Congress. How many of the impeachers will survive? Will CatCo survive in New York? I think probably yes. You know, Newhouse in uh, in Washington State. There are there are going to be some key litmus test races where the non-Trump people are pretty strong locally because they're they're long-term members of Congress with deep roots in the community, and that's where Trump's going to put his chips. And that scorekeeping will have a huge anecdotal impact on how the party thinks. Just like right now, where pubs are talking about, you know, you don't have to love Trump in the gym. Gen- Look, it'll, it'll catch on. The problem is the primaries, as you said.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's where the Yunkin analogy or template breaks down, because he didn't have a primary. They have a convention. He was able right. to He's navigate it. very hard that. to replicate. Sun yeah. Sununu is
1: the only one we got right now, and it's probably going to work.
2: Yeah, because I think Sununu is strong enough probably to resist a primary. Right, uh, but that is not the case with a lot of others. So he's having a lot of trouble in in
0: New Hampshire trying to navigate the the Trumpist party on uh, on vaccines and abortions, and I, yeah, I, he I is. Think that's going to be an interesting thing. I mean, I mean, I do think yes, there is going to be a lot of dissection. Look, here is the one thing we can predict: the 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 person who's going to do the Republican response to the State of the Union in January or February of twenty twenty two is is going to be Glenn Youngkin, right? And he will probably won't be wearing he may well be still wearing the fleece vest. Maybe they'll upgrade him to a blue suit by then. I, I don't know. I, I just
1: want to say that I don't know a single Democratic hack on the campaign trail who isn't wearing a fleece vest, by the way. So it, it is right, a hard not running, Just to be clear, we're not running for governor. That's the the, the, the
0: <laughs> difference is that you know, we've got somebody else's name stitched on
2: it. I, I don't have any problems with his I want to go on the record as saying I don't have any problems with the fleece vest, but go ahead, Robert. No, but I, I don't, I don't think it's replicatable.
0: I mean, I I do think, and I do think there's going to be a reckoning with Trump. I, I just think Democrats can't plan for the fact that Donald Trump's going to come in and save the day for Democrats. I think that, that, I mean, yeah, that and, is true. Yes. We, we, we should hope that he helps. We should hope that he goes crazy and reinserts himself <laughs> and starts doing more rallies and all that cause I, but. I fear that the McAuliffe campaign particularly banked on the fact that they could roll that boogeyman out one more time and it would scare the bejesus every, out of everybody. And, and look, yeah. I'm not suggesting it doesn't scare a lot of Democrats. It it still animates a, a number of them. Again, I just think we've yeah. got some real tough work to do in in cobbling together and understanding exactly why people moved. And what to do about it, and to craft a, a positive future-oriented message uh, in a campaign that roots in people's lives. I, I think that's a big deal.
2: You know, I don't know. I think the jury's out. This this is, will be the conclusion. Youngkin won. They ran a Trump strategy. They lost. Terry McAuliffe got a hell of a lot of votes. He got two hundred thousand more votes yeah, than be a uh, than Northam race. got. Yeah northam got last time
0: just to be clear i mean i i, I do love vote growth the, the state's expanding so that's not no that's true but, but that's the, true. the percentage was just to be clear the percentage was nine points less i mean that's the than, than northam got so yes he got yeah. more votes but yes i mean there's a there's a lot of real estate in virginia that's for sale
2: you know the growth in the state has been in the uh we could we could go down a rabbit hole on this they didn't have a they felt they didn't have a lot of attractive options and democrats need to think uh, about that. Uh, one one point on this and McAuliffe. You know, Terry McAuliffe, did I say that Terry McAuliffe did not? I'd say, I, talk, I talked about the Kamala Harris thing. Uh, no,
1: no. Uh, Gibbs, we're going to have to get some of those pamphlets for David. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What? Tell us about Kamala Harris because she's another big loser, I think. Nobody looks at her and thinks this is our no, way no, out. No, no. That's right. But, but this
2: is less to do with her than him. I saw her in the closing days of the campaign trying to rally the troops. And he's standing next to her, and she said, this is a battle between whether we move forward or whether we move back. And she's standing next to Terry McAuliffe, who was a governor, you know, before this governor, and there's nothing about Terry McAuliffe that looked like moving forward. It right, all—it right, yeah. was a back to the future candidacy.
1: Yeah, he was kind of the incumbent without being
2: the incumbent. You got to wonder, there was a young African-American woman. She was on the progressive side. But I wonder if a different kind of candidate might have done better in this race, because what Yunkin was benefiting from, in part, was that he was he was new. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know,
0: I mean, as we should remind uh, listeners, I mean, there, there's governors in Virginia can only serve four years right and and there's always been discussion of changing that it's it hasn't happened and i i think quite frankly voters get used to you you do your term you do your your time if you will and you move on. And I think... Yeah, the move on
1: part might not have been received by McCall. <laughs> I, th- I think you're onto something there. Last point about the, this Trump analogy, because Dems are going to go there. Well, Trump will come back and save us. I'm totally with Robert. They got to learn to be self-sufficient because the, no matter... Even if Trump gets in the middle of this, the bigger factor is going to be Biden. I, I talked to somebody in the McCall of high command about 12 days out. And that person said, look, the bottom line is Biden is killing us. Because his numbers are dropping like a rock here and we're chained to him whether we like it or not. And they couldn't figure out how to get out of that. It's a very hard thing to do. And so if they don't fix Biden, Trump can chain himself to some of these races. And it's still it's still highly likely the Repubs, even with some candidates that will terrify Democrats, will win in
2: the Senate. Biden was responsible for that rural turnout. You know, I, I I think that's true, although I'm kind of suspicious that you made that whole story up, Murphy, just to be provocative.
1: No, no, I would name the poor person, but I don't want to destroy their career because I thought it was smart.
2: You know, the fact is, if you look at polling, uh, just to bear that out, McAuliffe was four or five points ahead uh, yeah. until Biden's numbers started to sink. And when Biden's numbers started to sink, McAuliffe's exactly. numbers started to sink as well.
1: And that's the basic law of physics in one of these things, and it
0: stands. Right, you cannot outrun the national environment. That no yeah, one exactly. is going to be able to do that next year either. And and you know, if you're in the White House, you've got to figure out how to fix the national environment. You know, you've got to you 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 know. I think he wasn't wrong when he said on that town hall meeting a couple of weeks ago that you know with a with a fifty fifty Senate, everybody's president. But it did to to the Murphys. You know one of murphy's earliest points it didn't it, it made him look weaker than it needed to right, uh, exactly. and again he, he you know we we don't have a parliament parliamentary system uh and 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 joe biden's not in the senate anymore and i think he's got a there's a, a real lesson to to assert himself into this in a in a much more active way uh and i think you know democrats have to understand i, I think the biggest thing to understand this is it doesn't have to be like this in a year but it has to change it could between be. now and then. It could be right, right. But I, but I don't think it's destiny if you take some action and you start doing some stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to say Trump's going to
1: deal you know. some aces in yes. the federal races. Oh, there we go. Whoa, oh, wow. that's wrapping. Wow, He's like, yeah, yeah, wow, that. Wow, Flavor of Flav has joined us. But the Dems are going to have to. It, it's not going to happen for free, and they need some painful internal. Party discipline, as you comrades like to say, to get this thing lined up and understand. There's one hero that every other Dem Paul ought to take a hit to create, which is Joe Biden. Because if they fix Biden, they fix themselves. Totally. And
0: you know, of course, Biden has to do it, but they've got to help and be part of it. I think too. Some of this, I'm not going to say some of this is going to fix itself. I do think we're at, at somewhat of a maybe we're not at the total bottom, but I do think I do think there's reason to believe that 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 the COVID situation will be certainly better in a year, right? Now that we've got vaccinations for five to 11-year-olds, you could you could see something that gets much closer to herd immunity if you get half the kids vaccinated, right? I do think the economy is going to get a little bit better. I think the pain points around... Supply chain
2: and stuff like that. Are, all that are, stuff are has, has to happen better. to uh, yep. to to change the circumstances. Totally. He,
1: and no inflation, scary, scary, bad monster.
2: Right. La- last question for you, Murphy, on the way out. Do you like sweater vests? I wanted Sorry. to ask you <laughs> about Youngkin, and yes, he's only serving one term. Do you think that there will be people urging him to run for president now?
1: Yes. Because there's a certain donor class that goes to the shiniest object. By the way, you know who's coming through L.A.? Who? Ben Sass. Oh, I mean, yeah? That's a long flight to raise Senate money. I, you know, On his way I, to Nebraska? No, it's it just, <laughs> you know, just on the on the chart. Put it this way. Ben Sass, Jesus. The non-Trumpy wing of the party now has an argument of victory, which is the Trump ultralight theory. And that'll manifest itself in the easiest thing in the world to generate, which is a few secret meetings in Washington and whispers. Uh, but the, you know, there, there's Trump needs to get sunk in some of these primaries. He's actively involved in next spring and summer.
0: Just to be clear, Ben Sass and I have roughly the same chance of being president of the United States. And I have, I'm not, I'm not in the Senate
2: and I'm not going to run.
0: Ben Sass is not going to be, not going to be the Republican nominee. He's not going to Robert.
2: We've been, Murphy and I have been talking. We think you have potential. You got that. Yeah, yeah. Got we that, need your You got leadership. that Southern accent. You got, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in.
1: Alabama values and a progressive plan. Exactly. <laughs> no, my point was, I'm not saying he's going to be the nominee, but I'm saying there is there is activity there, and the Youngkin win will increase
0: it because the future is not certain. I, I totally agree on the shiny object theory. I think everyone will rush to this, and everyone will say, hey, we should make everybody look like Glenn Youngkin, and it's just really hard. If you had five Youngkins win the right primaries in the Senate, we'd pick up
1: the Senate, piece of cake. But awful hard to do. You may pick up five or six if not.
2: Guys, let's take this. In. Let's take this into the corridor. We've got to go. All right. Yeah, Axelrod is desperate to get down to the coffee shop. I was going to say
0: it's <laughs> the, the last call for the buffet. Last call for I'm the buffet. I'm trying to land
1: the plane here, boys, boys, boys. X, dream of your breakfast. and Give me 10 seconds here. I'll get you out. Okay. Number one, no mailbag this time, but send us more for next time. tap at gmail.com. tap at gmail.com. And if you wanted to know that Loudoun County was going to be about 10 points, you could have found out for free when we predicted it in the Murphy and Gibbs Hacks on Tap newsletter the morning of voting on Tuesday. Get it. Go to. It's free. Come on. Subscribe. Read it. Check it out hacksontap.bulletin.com hacksontap.bulletin.com gentlemen thank you I'll let you get back to the bed wedding I'm going to the rave I'm going for, to breakfast
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to breakfast alrighty uh, guys the rave. Uh, the, the breakfast I can get you going to the rave boy <laughs> I, I don't know if I can uh, wrap my head up <laughs> it's been a mind bending night but my god they wouldn't have me and I don't want to go thank you all